The top of the 2024 NFL Draft promises to feature as many as three quarterbacks in the top three picks. we got to break down those prospects for you today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to issue a big thank you and shout out to our everydayers, those of you who make us your first listen Every single day, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Joe Happy, Kyle's Trash Company, arrives on the day it's scheduled to arrive for the first time in about four weeks. It's the little things, right? You know, shows up right as we're getting ready to intro the show, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, I'm not mad because they're here, but uh, I wanted to express my first world plight with you that our trash company, you never know what day they're supposed to show up. It's supposed to show up on Wednesdays, yeah. and today they actually did. Well, I'm glad they came for you, Kyle. Nothing. Thank you very much. Trash you day is the one thing you don't kids, want to miss. There's man. a bunch of, bunch of garbage. I, you think you make a lot of trash as is, then you have kids and... yeah. It just gets amplified to the nines how much garbage is in your house on any given time. Taking out the trash and doing the dishes, I feel like, is a large part of my life. Laundry never stops. I'm, 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 I'm not. I don't have to do that. That's that's somebody else's responsibility. Yeah, somebody else's job, but I do a lot of the other stuff. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, happy deep dive into 2024 NFL draft prospects to you as well. First time we're doing this, right? Yeah. Got quarterbacks to talk about, right? I mean, that's the, that's the objective today. There's three quarterbacks: Caleb Williams, Drake Drake May, Jaden Daniels. We're anticipating these being high picks, potentially the first three picks in the draft. And before we go like heavy free agency starting next week, you know, we wanted to at least give these quarterbacks some conversation. And so that's what we're going to do here today. And we'll start with Caleb Williams, the quarterback out of USC. Mm-hmm. Productive career. He won all the awards. 90 what does he have 10,000 career passing yards 93 touchdowns 14 interceptions very instinctive playmaker there's a lot to like here very creative big time arm talent really has access to the entire field can hit all the different throwing platforms and arm angles that you'd like in terms of being able to function in in non-traditional ways which is really exciting moves moves around the pocket extremely well um Calm under pressure, right? There's there's a lot to like here. This is a dynamic quarterback prospect. Mm-hmm. The other side of the coin is he's a wild card, man. And whether it's how he is very aggressive in navigating the pocket, some of the throws that he tries, some of the escape patterns that he tries, fumbles are an issue. He's got 33 fumbles in 37 games. There's an over-aggressive demeanor here. and And I think... You don't want to tame the stallion too much, but I think you've got to really thread that needle between run the offense and then do the stuff, you know, sprinkle in the, the the special things that he can do. So very attractive prospect, but there's a wild card component to Caleb Williams for me. 
So, yes, I think that that's a it's a factual statement to be made that there is a tightrope effect that has to be walked with the style of play that Caleb Williams brings. But I, I think my counter argument to the concern that I have for that with Caleb is you see a lot of guys in the pros who do the same thing. You think about the guys with the eight and a half, nine percent sack rate that have had really successful seasons in spite of themselves at times for always wanting to create big plays. And I see enough like needle moving athletic ability and arm talent with Caleb Williams, where I do think there is. I don't think it's going to be a blockade for his success. Now, I don't think Caleb Williams, because of his style of play, is this transcendent player that you could put in any situation across the league. And I think his early career playing time is going to be really important to dictating the developmental curve and what that looks like. Does that look like what we've kind of seen from Trevor Lawrence, where there's high level operation moments, but there's also really big lapses and gaffes because of how bad his rookie season was. And, you know, you're still trying to climb your way out of that. Or are you going to be put in a situation that's a lot more stable and a lot more consistent and provides you with the coaching and the infrastructure to help you find that balance early in your career? That's to be determined. But that's kind of where I fall on Caleb. Something that I always think about with Caleb Williams was the conversation that you and I had with Caleb Williams a couple years ago in Los Angeles. It was before he went Santa to Monica. USC. Yeah, whatever, whatever, California. Um, I don't, you know, you look, we did, what was it, Miami? We were in, we weren't in Miami, but we were somewhere outside of Miami and we got uh, lit up. Right with the, uh, I am Beerwood or something, some kind of place. I'm like, oh my God, come on. I'm in somewhere in South Florida. I don't freaking know where this is. Anyways. We had, a, we had a great conversation with Caleb Williams. Really enjoyed it. And one of my big takeaways from that chat was him talking about his process for studying his own play. And it almost was like he lamented over things that didn't go the way that they were supposed to go in terms of whether he missed a read, he missed a throw, you know, things that didn't go the way that they were supposed to. And it felt like he really, really just embraced that and like almost like you were worried about it that he he lamented on those things too much. And that just makes me wonder because you watch him play and Lincoln Riley, supposedly a very quarterback friendly system. What was it in this process that he has for studying himself that led him to his answer being, well, I'm just going to run the offense less. I'm going to run into sacks. I, I'm going to ignore profits in, in, in search of big plays down the field. Like I, I just wonder for as detailed as he appears to be, why is his play not more detailed? It's a fair question. Um, I wish I had a good rebut or answer for that. I but I, it's, it's, it's just I, a talking point, right? Yeah, I mean, right, right. you don't have to answer the question. It's just like, I do. this is what I think a lot about as I reconcile how he plays the game and, and what he, you know, what he said to us. And I, he's so dynamic. Like I, I I'm I'm not trying to like throw a wet blanket over Caleb Williams as a prospect because I'm really intrigued. If I had the number one overall pick and I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm picking Caleb Williams. So like, don't get it wrong. But I, it's 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 the balance of okay, this dude can do whatever he wants on a football field. Unbelievable talent, 
in so many ways attractive for where we see a lot of the top end quarterbacks in the NFL performing, but also that other side of me is like, oh boy. Um, Can we also agree that that's probably the worst Lincoln Riley offense? The 2023 USC offense was probably the worst Lincoln Riley offense we've seen since. But why? Or their string of Heisman quarterback play. Why? I don't have a good answer for you. But I think that you think about the Oklahoma offenses with Kyler and Baker and last year Caleb Williams. Sometimes it just doesn't click. And I think last year's USC offense was collectively a disaster. And yet you say that, and Caleb Williams posted the <laughs> higher, highest passer yeah. rating of his career yeah. here. Yeah. You know, it's just a weird, really weird. I, I think some of this is also expectations minus reality equals disappointment, right? And when you win the Heisman Trophy last year and you're yeah. very, your entire reasoning for uh, the, the storylines of the upcoming season is, we got to make the college football playoff. I'm already the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And you come back and that you, you fall so catastrophically short of that in the way that they did. And then your play versus that spectacular level of production that you already posted. Uh, I think that, that it creates a little bit of a different layer to the Caleb Williams individual conversation as well, just because of how high the expectations had been. And and the conversation got silly, as it always does with prospects at some point, where it was like, Caleb Williams wants ownership stakes in, in franchises Ooh. and is going to be selective on what team he's going to go. Like, Was it Nick Wright that dude, did, like, the quarterback pyramid and had, like, Caleb Williams on, like, the tier three of his, like, NFL quarterback pyramid, like, midway through the season this year? So... I hope it was Nick Wright. Otherwise, I just completely watched <laughs> Nick Wright for no reason. Well, you want to slander and Nick and Wright, like brother? Him. I'm here for all the Nick slander. Nick Wright, we can slander, man. I'm here for all of it. I think we got to a point here where this is just – its it, there's a lot to like. It's a little bit complicated. And, you know, it, it goes, this is – I think with all three of these quarterbacks, it's going to go back to something that really stands out to us from that conversation we had with, with Jordan Palmer a few years back about – it's about how a team su- supports a, a quarterback and, and teams oftentimes might bust a quarterback more than a quarterback might bust a team. And the the stuff around Caleb Williams, and this will apply to all the quarterbacks we're going to discuss, is going to matter so much in their trajectory, not just coaching and talent, but the plan, right, to, to mm-hmm. onboard and get them ready to play football. So you got a chance at a really special guy here in Caleb Williams. And I think that's a, that's a good way for us to close this out and in just a second talk about Drake May from North Carolina, so be sure to stick with us. Folks, I am obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience of DoorDash is simply unmatched. We're all busy people, right? We're all uh, tied up with a lot going on, and sometimes it's hard to find time to get to the grocery store or find time to make lunch or dinner. Well, the great thing about DoorDash is they will handle those things for you. Just go to your phone, go to the DoorDash app, and you can have food delivered to your front door from your favorite restaurants. You can have groceries, something from the gas station, something from the pharmacy, and save yourself a bunch of time. I use it all the time, and it is terrific. And if you're new to DoorDash, we have a great opportunity for you. You got a deal here. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value 
when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. The big game is right around the corner, and prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player protection won't count against you, or that player projection won't count against you, and your entry stays alive. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. And Price Picks is really simple to play. I, I can make a pick and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super quick and easy. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. So now we're going to shift gears to the other guy that during the summertime was in the conversation. Obviously, this party's been crashed by uh, uh, another Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Uh, and we'll get to him in just a few minutes. But uh, Drake May, North Carolina, is our next deep dive subject. And remember, we did this conversation in the summertime or at the beginning of the season. So I'm kind of curious, Joe, how, how your thoughts have evolved on Drake may after the season with chip Lindsay is the, on the coaching staff. And that was supposed to prompt and facilitate these big changes out of the Phil Longo offense. And Drake puts together the season that he does where, where are we at? I think more favorably on Drake May than I did. We had a conversation that you can go back and listen to. Was it back in May of 2023 before the, the 2023 season? And I think about him more favorably than I did then. I, I think there's some toughness there that I really like. Mm-hmm. I think there's a traditional style of play that is blended with some athleticism and some really nice scrambles from time to time that, Leads me to believe that there's a a fairly complete skill set here. I like his touch and his his ability to really work the the ball into the intermediate and deep portions of the field. So that there's there's a lot of likable stuff here, but there's concerns. I mean, footwork is still an issue here. Um, I think so. There's there's some mechanical stuff here that I think leads to the ball coming out weird off his hands at times. I think processing tempo and IDing leverage, things like that, can certainly improve. Results under pressure can it be hit or miss with, with, with Drake, but I, I think he might not have the ceiling that uh, of the other two guys that we're going to discuss. But I think maybe the floor might be higher. That's fair. Uh, I think it's a unique situation though because you're talking about the floor being higher. And you're talking about footwork consistency and processing timing and mechanics. Yeah. Um. And I thought he kind of sputtered down the stretch this past season. He kind of comes out early and starts out hot, and then you get to the mid midway point of the season, and we're we have three games over fifty five percent completion, and one of them is against Campbell. You know, this dude like Georgia Tech, like the Campbells, the Campbells of Campbell, Kyle, the Campbell Campbell. That's right. Uh, also had a punt for forty five yards in that game. 
Hey, but um, Daniel Jones, the- remember that punt he had? Never forget it, <laughs> brother. <laughs> One of the best punts I've ever seen. Um, I, I I think all the things that you outlined were all the things when we last talked deep dive about Drake May were things that I had in my notes. I think you feel encouraged that he went into a different offense and showed some growth in it. But I think it does kind of outline the growth that's still required for him to be a consistently high-performing quarterback, which I, I think is where you're you're hung up a little bit, or, or I'm hung up a little bit right now with Drake May. I agree with you completely about the toughness and the traditional style of play, and there's some really high-level pre-snap moments that exist here. But the execution of it and the timing when this is the first time you've been in an offense that really required, at the college level at least, anything from you in that regard, yeah. you need reps and time on task with it. And it's not there. So if you now go into an environment with your team, your next team, say you go play for Cliff Kingsbury, right, as the offensive coordinator in the commanders is the second overall pick. Do I love that for Drake May and his development as a player? No, I don't. And we just got done saying that Caleb Williams is not a transcendent player that's going to rise above the environment that that he's going to find himself in if it's not stable. Even though Drake May is a little bit more of a color within the lines type of player than the other two guys, I still feel that way about him as well. That like it's it's this is not a shoe in to save whatever franchise is going to make him a franchise quarterback unless they do right by him with their process and and what they're able to put around him. Let me ask you a two-part question. As we consider Drake May as a potential top three picks and knowing that those landing spots are the, the Bears with Shane Waldron, the Commanders with Cliff Kingsbury, or the Patriots with Alex Van Pelt, are there one of those three situations that you like more than the rest? But then as you extend the conversation further and think about, okay, if there was a slow play opportunity here, you know, whether that's a Shanahan offense or, or, or others, is there something that you like out here that you think is tailored best for Drake may to have his best chance to succeed? If, if, I don't want to answer the question because there's a there there's somewhere that I would go with this, but I'm curious where where you where your head. Yeah. Are. Um. So I think Waldron in Chicago's interesting because there's a lot of youth already invested in the offensive line. Waldron's background as a passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, pass game coordinator, all under the McVay tree. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's been the the offensive coordinator the past three seasons in Seattle until now. Um, so I think there is that level that's appealing. And then I think Van Pelt coming off of the Stefanski Cleveland Browns offense is another one that I think provides you with the pillars. I think the identity of the Chicago environment is probably a little bit more defined than new England right now. I don't like Washington. I could definitively say that's the one that like, I'm not a fan of for him. 
I loved Washington when we believed Ben Johnson was going to be their head coach. Right. Because I think that offense, run the ball, play action, set up some vertical stuff. Like, to me, that was, all right, I can I can get excited here. So then it's Chicago because that's kind of Seattle transitioning away from Russ was we got Charbonnet and Walker and we want to run the ball. And there's still a McVeigh Shanahan background there. Is that your spot then? I guess. I I mean I I I think about the the Lance Zerline sound bit that came out recently about Drake May and is there a world where he slides a little bit? If so, dude, uh, does a team like Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Minnesota go get him? The Raiders, you know. It's uh, it's challenging. So the Raiders better not. No, they shouldn't. They, they got too many problems, they, but <laughs> they somehow went from Cliff Kingsbury to yeah. a worse option as the offensive coordinator after Kingsbury backed out to take the Washington gig. That gif, <laughs> yeah, I think you quote tweeted it over the weekend. Tremendous, <laughs> absolutely tremendous for that sequence of events there with the Raiders. Okay, I is there a is there can we boil the Drake May conversation down to like one sentence? I don't know that I, on the spot, have a sentence ready. I feel feel Joe Marino'd right now. Oh man, Do yeah, you I have was hoping. One? No, um, no, no, I don't. I I think Drake. I think it's fair to say Drake because of the pre-snap processing and the style of play is the highest floor of the three. I'll take it because he's not going to shoot himself in the foot the way that the other two do at times trying to make big plays happen. Tend to agree. Okay. All right. Well, we got a shiny new toy, Kyle. Everybody loves the new thing. So Jaden Daniels, welcome to the conversation. We're going to break him down here in just a moment. So be sure to stick with us. This episode is brought to you by better help. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn, and that'll get you 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Kyle, as you were sipping C4 there during the the, the break, yes. I, feel, I feel obligated to tell you that I drank one uh, two days ago. Yeah. One of the one of the ones in the can, the carbonated yeah. one? Yeah, it was uh, it was orange flavored, which I, I thought yeah, was better than, the, I, I don't know, the ones you've given me in the past, maybe they're like a red flavor and they were. It, it the red ones are bad. Yeah, yeah. So like the, the orange one was, was a lot better. Um, I was, I was dragging on, uh, it was, it was Monday dragon and i was i went to the gym a little later than i normally do for i went at 4 30 instead of 11 30 and uh i needed a boost and somebody gave me a c4 like here you go man here's what you need and uh we 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 got through a good workout of heavy deadlifts and some significant uh, uh, cardio all right or would you drink it again if i needed if i i don't normally need the pick me up um i don't like 
a little bit. I mean, I don't need your. I mean, you need to pick me up in the middle of a podcast here at, at nine thirty in the morning. You know what Correct. I mean? So <laughs> just wait. Does he get, I'll give you three months. Nah, it won't happen. And you'd be like, yeah, I got some in the fridge. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, dude. You thought the first first kid was different. Wait, wait now, because you're you're a few years older now too. So it's a little different story. Yeah, I'm just telling you. All right. You're you. bl- blaming children. All right, I, I am. I am blaming my kids. <laughs> Uh, Jaden Daniels, yep. Heisman Trophy winner, Davey O'Brien Trophy, pretty much everything, right? Johnny Nice Golden Arm. I think he won the Walter Camp too. Just phenomenal season. But NFL prospects is always a different game, different conversation. So as the new toy and the new new piece of the conversation since the last time we did this, um. I, I think the reasons for excitement are obvious. When you look at the dynamic play, the vertical passing attack, uh, his ability to escape pressure and feel pressure and create plays against man coverage with his legs. This is all the fad right now. But, you know, no, no quarterback play uh, has a higher average EPA than scrambles, right? Because it's it's just an unaccounted for element when you get the dynamic guys in space how good do you feel about building off of heisman trophy campaign jane daniels as the centerpiece of your nfl franchise i love my journey with jaden daniels because candidly folks i probably watched oh man i did i watch an entire college football game at all this season i might not have um but i so i'm but i'm dialing it up here uh for prospect watches and so i'm i'm getting a chance to watch a lot of the season now and so i didn't i had no idea what to expect with jaden daniels none at all and um i i started with the florida game and i'm like oh my what are these runs i didn't know i didn't know what jaden daniels was as a player i had no idea and i'm like this guy's got some crazy crazy running ability i'm like and it just kept on happening just ripping off chunks after chunks i'm like all right dude he's Make it throws down the field. Um, you, you know, you're watching neighbors and Brian Thomas and you're, you're seeing all the production, right? I mean, just a ton of production. There's like you said, there's a lot to, to like here and um, there's a lot to be intrigued with. Five-year starter as well. Right? I think that's another thing that we have to be mindful of. This guy's played mm-hmm. a lot, a of, lot, a lot of football and, and never to, to the level that we saw in that fifth season as a starter. He's a guy that's going to turn 24 during his rookie season. So the I think this is one of the guys where the strengths are really really obvious, but the concerns are really really obvious to me. And I've got four concerns, and that's not a long list of concerns, but the four concerns that I have are pretty significant. Number one, a tall, lean, and narrow frame. What is this guy like? Six three, six four, hundred ninety pounds. Number two, when he gets hit, he gets rocked, and it, it, it was put to me and someone in my uh, Lockdown Bills Discord channel called him a Looney Tunes character when he gets hit. And I thought that was a pretty good way to put it. I mean, this guy takes some massive the way, blows. <laughs> right, like, gets hit and just gets ragdolled at times. <laughs> dude, like, and that's so like, if you want to invoke the name Lamar Jackson, well, Lamar Jackson doesn't get hit like this. All right. And this is a, a this is like the Todd Pinkston of quarterbacks here uh, in, in Jaden Daniels. Then, okay, so we've got that. Very modest ability to generate zip on throws and drive the football. I think he's got just okay arm talent. And then I think his ball, his deep balls are awesome, and I love them. 
but that short to intermediate ball placement is just average. So I have a tall, lean build, a guy that takes massive hits and has just okay arm strength and accuracy. This is this is the Cliff Kingsbury quarterback. Because of everything that you, you use to maximize Kyler Murray as a quarterback who's short and intermediate passing game, it's kind of limited because of the stature of the quarterback trying to throw from within the pocket. This dynamic run ability that you can invoke quarterback run game at times with a well, Kyler's probably a four three guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel's a mid four four guy. He can fly when he wants to. Um, the vertical passing attack that comes off of that, and the play action passing, and your ability to move the pocket, blended with some of the air raidy concepts. This feels like the most narrow scope to have a big hit. Because I agree with you, you evoke the name Lamar Jackson and the, the, the parallels that, that do exist are, are plenty obvious, but the best thing about Lamar Jackson going all the way back to his starter years at Louisville was the dude never got hit, mm-hmm. never took a big hit in his life. I'm watching Jade Daniels tuck the ball and try and leap over the entire line of scrimmage from three yards back. Dead sprint. Getting speared like Bill Goldberg coming out of mm. the WCW locker hey, room. Good take. And just burying him into the ground. And it happened like five times. Between that Bill Goldberg reference right there and the fact that I had Waterboy on TV last night. Oh, yeah. Just a just a great moment here, and I didn't watch the whole thing, but there was a scene in the classroom where Adam Sandler like loses his mind on the professor. Yeah, it's the teacher. Yeah, so that was a heck of a visual there for me. Yeah, sorry, I mean to hijack that with a pop culture mama reference, said, but you know me, I, that's what I, I do. Mama said, "Mama said, I get this angry, only all the time." Love my mama all very much. Them teeth and no toothbrush. Oh boy. <laughs> so you, this is the Cliff Kingsbury quarterback. What? That's really it. Hey, but the other thing about this with with Jaden Daniels, that LSU offense structurally was really fun, like for a college offense. Yeah. So, like, you think about that piece of it. Okay, really fun, structurally dynamic offense that I thought was in some ways unlike a lot of what I've seen. And so you take that fifth-year starter, nothing like this type of production in the past. Now he does this. He's got Malik Neighbors and Brian Thompson, probably a couple first-round picks at wide receiver. and. I get the intrigue, but if you don't see the concerns here, I don't know what to tell you. So I think this in the right environment is a winning quarterback in the NFL. But again, I I think the pathway to doing it because of where he won this past year and the leap that he took in this offense, specifically with the skill set that he has, I just think there's a very specific way. And look, there's some quarterbacks that are like that, and they go on to to have very productive seasons, right? I can't think of a more polar opposite set of skills than Tua Tungvaloa. But Tua Tungvaloa is a very specific, tailored offense to his strengths. And he just led the league in passing, and the year before that, he led the league in quarterback rate, right? So, like, that's not to compare those two in any capacity for strengths and weaknesses because they're polar opposites. But I think Jaden, Dan- the Jaden Daniels conversation 
if if you're going to do the choose your own adventure with the quarterbacks and you're going to commit to this is going to be our pathway to winning, I think you have the most detail-oriented tasks to build the winning offense around Jaden Daniels. And where that gets kind of weird is he's a 24-year-old rookie and it's probably going to take you a few years of building into his strengths once you get him in the NFL and you see it to get the right pieces around him. Two other strengths on Jaden Daniels I just want to mention here as we close. I think he's very calm under pressure, which I love about him. And I I think how he works the pocket compared to Caleb Williams, I like it a lot better from Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams. And I would also say that Jaden Daniels is a very, like, I, I was pretty impressed with him as a decision maker in terms of how aggressive he is, both with his legs and his arm, but also how infrequently he put the ball in dangerous situations. And I think that gives me some hope for where he can go. Yeah, uh, 1,400 attempts, you know, more than 700 attempts for two different programs and has 20 career interceptions on 1,400 attempts as a passer. So I what think was that's the ratio this year was insane, right? 40 to four or something like that? Yeah, 40 to four touchdown interception <laughs> ratio. And I think the 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 difference between Caleb and Jaden as far as navigating pressure is I think Jaden has much more definitive and much more decisive escape plans. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also much more willing to run to run as compared to Caleb looking to run to throw, where I think that ambiguity of extending while also looking to throw invite prompts him to invite more pressure at times by how he tries to circumvent pressure in the pocket. I think they're both comfortable under duress. Yeah. But I think one's plan is a lot simpler at times and that allows it to be much more successful. Got to close on this thought real quick is like for all of these quarterbacks, I hope that the, you listening can appreciate the honesty that we have and, and what we've observed and like acknowledging that these all three of these guys can absolutely be answers franchise quarterbacks at the next level. But we're also willing to talk about the stuff that gets us concerned. And I hope that you guys as listeners appreciate that component of what we're willing to unearth here on the podcast. Yeah, because it's very easy to come in here and talk about how physically talented all three of these dudes are. And I think that's obvious. Yeah. Right. But the conversation is much more complex, especially when you reflect on the conversations we've had with Jordan Palmer and Jordan Palmer talking about teams fail quarterbacks more often than quarterbacks fail teams, right? So having this kind of dialogue to understand the pitfalls or the risks or the things to be mindful of really is the essential part of the conversation because it's very easy to come out here and talk about how Jaden Daniels uh, put University of Florida in a blender and embarrassed him with like hilarious play after hilarious play or Caleb Williams's arm elasticity to throw on the run to his left and throw ropes along the sideline that are pinpoint accurate throws in between three guys in zone coverage for a toe tap catch along the sidelines. Hilarious or Drake Mace pre-snap anticipation and feeling where he's hot and extending and fading away from pressure to throw a dime down the field, 50 yards. Like all that stuff exists. It's obvious. But this conversation, I think, was a really good job of of outlining for the teams picking in the top three. These are the things you got to be mindful of, the pitfalls that you got to be aware of, and you got to have self awareness of what the people that you yeah. have in your building and your rosters have and don't have to allow them to be successful or not. 
uh, Brandon being Bill's GM, obviously I follow him very closely. Something that he says in his scouting process is he asks himself the question with every prospect, why in our building, if we pick this player, would they fail? I think it's a great question to ask yourself. Yeah. And and hopefully we we unpacked a lot of that for everybody. Good stuff, Joe. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. The big three of the quarterbacks for 2024 will eventually get to Michael Penix and Bo Nix and Spencer Rattler and the whole rest of the gang. But we started with these three with a deep dive. Ross Jackson's probably a little ticked off at us that we yeah. ran this thing along, so we got to get out of here. Yeah. I'm on back tomorrow. We're going to preview the Super Bowl, so we're looking forward to that. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. We're out of here. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.